Alexei Navalny's suspicious death Friday in a Russian Arctic prison continues to reverberate around the globe. World leaders, including President Biden, spoke today of stepped-up sanctions against Russia as Navalny's widow picked up his fight against Vladimir Putin. Meanwhile, Russian authorities said they would hold Navalny's remains for a further two weeks. Heavy with equal parts grief and resolve, Yulia Navalnaya released this video today, vowing to keep up her husband's fight. By killing Alexei, Putin killed half of me, half of my heart, and half of my soul. But I still have the other half, and it tells me that I have no right to give up. I will continue the work of Alexei Navalny, continue to fight for our country. I urge you to stand next to me, to share not only my grief and endless pain, but also to share the rage. Navalny's cause of death remains unknown. Russian authorities blocked Navalny's mother from the morgue where her son's body is believed to be held. Across Russia, more than 50,000 people have now signed a petition demanding Navalny's body be released. Today, his widow met with European Union ministers in Brussels as they weighed how to respond to the dissident's death. What has happened reminds us all of the repressive uh, and oppressive uh, nature of the regime in the Russian Federation and of how uh, President Putin has ruthlessly um, put down any opposition uh, and, and suppressed uh, any dissent. In Moscow, Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov blasted Western leaders who've blamed Putin for Navalny's death. An investigation is underway, and all necessary actions in this regard are being carried out. But so far, the results of this investigation have not been made public, and in fact, they're unknown. Therefore, in conditions when there is no valid information, we believe that it is absolutely inadmissible to make such well, frankly, boorish statements. Makeshift memoirs have popped up across Russia as mourners pay tribute to Navalny's legacy. He was a very strong person, and I think all of Russia is suffering because we lost such a hero. In St. Petersburg, men clad in black removed flowers from a memorial, carrying them away in garbage bags. But moments later, Navalny's supporters returned to replace them. Other memorials have also been dismantled across the country, and police have detained nearly 400 people for attending events commemorating Navalny's death. With less than a month to go before Russia's national election, and with Putin's victory all but certain, Navalny's death further scatters and weakens an already thin opposition movement. For the latest on Navalny's death and what it might mean for the future of Russia's opposition movement, we turn to Andrei Soldatov. He's a Russian investigative journalist and a senior fellow at the Center for European Policy Analysis. Andrei, thank you so much for being here. It has been four days since Navalny's death was announced. Russian authorities have not allowed his family to see his body or take possession of his body. What do we know about the circumstances surrounding his death? Well, to be honest, uh, the circumstances are getting more and more mysterious. Uh, the initial official version was that he died on the 16th, uh, but now there are some reports from unofficial reports uh, from his penal colony that probably he died the day before, because that when 
uh, there was a lot of unusual activities, lots of cars uh, coming to uh, this place, and apparently it was somehow connected to his sudden death. Uh, why he died, we still do not know, we have no clue. The official reason is sudden death, whatever it means. And uh, as you pointed out, uh, the family doesn't have any access to his body. Do you think that his family will ever truly know what happened? I very much hope so. Uh, of course, we have uh, a very long record of uh, political assassinations under mysterious circumstances uh, of the last 20 plus years under Vladimir Putin. And every time it was extremely difficult to establish as a cause, uh, and we have uh, a number of uh, poisonings, and uh, with very few people, we actually know what uh, was used against them. In several cases, so we even now, after 20 years, we do not know, for instance, what uh, was used against the famous Russian journalist Yuri Shikachikin in 2003, and what was used against uh, Anna Politkovskaya. President Biden and many other leaders have have squarely placed the blame for this death on Vladimir Putin. Do you share that belief? Uh, yes, absolutely. I think what we have been uh, seeing over the last three years uh, it was a deliberate, uh, systematic effort to uh, to kill uh, Navalny, not just to isolate him, but to kill him, moving him up north to more and more horrible conditions. And what happened before, I mean, his poisoning is, uh, is a very clear uh, sign that uh, he was uh, a target uh, of a political assassination. It just failed uh, back then, but they didn't fail now. We also know that Vladimir Putin, being a very practical man, uh, made a political assassination part of his uh, toolkit. And now we can say that, well, we have the upcoming election. Uh, Putin is extremely nervous. Again, it makes a perfect practical sense for him. Can you help me understand something, though? Because after that poisoning that Navalny survived, he returned to Russia. He had to know that he would be imprisoned, perhaps for the rest of his life. Help us understand why he might have done that. Uh, first of all, Navalny didn't believe uh, in his political future in exile. He believed that he needed to get back and that he needed to uh, conduct his political activity in the country. Uh, he was a strong believer of this idea. Of course, now the circumstances completely changed, but remember that it was before the full-scale invasion started. And it, it appeared to some people, including Navalny, that there was still some room for legitimate political activity in the country. He also built a, uh, a very impressive network of uh, supporters all over the country, and he didn't want to, uh, to abandon them. And he believed that ethically he needed to be with them in Russia. Uh, of course, he took his chances, and uh, it, was, uh, it was extremely brave, but while well, Vladimir Putin decided to imprison him, and finally to kill him. What does this do to the opposition movement in Russia? I mean, that, that movement has been splintered and fractured and disparate for many, many years. Now, with its ostensible leader gone, what does that do to that movement? Well, uh, it's impossible to deny that it is a, a horrible blow, uh, because as you pointed out, uh, yes, uh, the movement was never 
cohesive and uh, very well always problems and uh, arguments within the community of Russian activists and um, opposition politicians. Navalny was the most popular uh, politician uh, and of course it is a blow. At the same time, he and his organization made possible several things which Russian uh, political opposition believed was the, just impossible. For instance, he organized protests in Russian regions. Uh, and uh, we always had this uh, concept that Russian liberals live only in big cities like Moscow, St. Petersburg. Uh, Navalny changed that. For that, he built an organization. For that, he got his supporters and network of people. These people are still there. They are not uh, going anywhere. Uh, some of them are still in the country, some of them left, but they are all uh, very much active and they are determined to uh, remain active politically. All right, Andrei Soldatov, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.